Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to a special hour-long presentation of Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. Uh, This is Linda Kozar. I'm the host of the show. And uh, this show is a departure, a very, very different show than what I normally do, which is interview mystery and suspense authors. This show came from a, a deep desire to share a true story with you guys, the story of growing up haunted. I grew up in a haunted house in New Orleans, and you might ask, um, aren't all the houses in New Orleans haunted? <laughs> but they're not. Um, ours definitely was. And you can read my story on my blog, um, bookishdesires.blogspot.com. Um, but we're going to, uh, my, I have my brother and my sister on today to share their sides of the story, which have never been written. And these are exclusive today, and we'll all be told together for the first time. And um, I'm going to read a little bit about us before we go on, and um, then I'll go ahead and introduce them. But um, I'm I'm an author of 16 books, speaker and radio host of Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense, and network coordinator for Long Came a Writer Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm founder and former president and current board member of Writers in the Storm, the Woodlands, Texas chapter of the American Christian Fiction Writers, the recipient of the Mentor of the Year Award in 2007, currently PR director for Christian Authors Network and member of Kai Libris, ACFW, RWA, um, ASA, and CAN. And my husband of 28 years, Michael, and I live in the Woodlands, Texas, and enjoy spending time with our two grown daughters, wonderful son-in-law, and our spunky Jack Russell Terrier Gypsy. My sister, Nancy Rooney, worked part-time as an early childhood coordinator at her church, raising her children before returning to school to complete her bachelor's degree in organizational and professional development at Eastern Illinois University in 2013. She's currently engaged in temporary work assignments in her community, um, and Nancy and her two siblings, that's my brother and I, also share caregiver responsibilities for our 84-year-old mother who suffers from dementia. She's been married to Steve Rennie for 28 years, and she and her husband have three grown children, currently reside in Champaign, Illinois. My brother, Joseph R. Pedrera, is senior pastor of a bride adorned church in Slidell, Louisiana and serves a vibrant congregation of over 200 members with a variety of outreaches and ministries in their community and beyond. He has several businesses in real estate, construction, and computer company. Um, Joseph and his wife, Patricia, of 28 years, are the proud parents of four children and grandparents to two. Um, Joseph, and we, we all, like I said, take care of our 84-year-old mother. Now, um, Today, I want to welcome my brother and sister on the show uh, to tell their story. Um, hi, Nancy. Hi, Joey. 
Hey, Linda, thanks for having and having me. <laughs> yes. Hi, Joey. Um, so let's just let's just dig right into this. I I wanted to um, share a little bit about how this started and kind of you guys can just jump in whenever. But um, so back when this started, when we were kids, I think I might have been about eight at the time. Uh, Ouija boards were pretty common. And they were, they were even in elementary school next to Scrabble and Monopoly. Um, and people didn't think there was anything harmful about them. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, we, Ouija boards, um, you know, there wasn't any instruction to tell us uh, that it was a conduit for demonic presences to uh, invade a person's life. They even had them at the school. You know, kids would play with them, and we had no idea of the... Uh, the insidiousness of the Ouija board. And there, there was even a movie out recently called Ouija board, yes. you know, yes. Hollywood, you know, sensationalize it, but it really is a Avenue, a venue to contact demon spirits. Well, you know, I, I looked up a little bit about the Ouija board and uh, it, the name Ouija comes from the French and German words for yes and jaw, you know, um, and, it includes the letters of the alphabet, the numeral zero through nine, and the words yes or no, and a heart-shaped pointer on three felt-tipped legs. But uh, it dates back, forms of this board have dated back to ancient times in China. And the Romans even had kind of a rolling table that pointed to signs. So, you know, people were always trying to contact the spirits uh, since ancient times. And um, But in modern times, we really weren't told how dangerous the Ouija board was. And so um, our mom was sort of curious, like most people, and uh, we played with it too as children, but she was, um, I remember she was sort of um, interested in it and she was playing it. It was a summer day. And I remember I was, um, we were all, kids were sort of just in the house playing. I think we were in the hallway where our bedroom, leading to our bedrooms. And there was one of those big, um, attic fans above us in that hallway <laughs> um, oh, that yeah, used to be in houses like like a helicopter blade right and um, right. mom mom was in the her bedroom and the door was open and she was playing with the ouija board and all of a sudden i remember a big wind just came through the house like had nothing to do with that fan it just blew the curtains up and everything and i didn't know what that was and none of us did but it 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 stopped um, the story but from goes that as well. Point, oh, go on, go on, Joey. As the story goes as well, as you brought up, as the wind blew through the house, his mom told me later on, many years later, that she was dragged across her bed when that wind blew in the house. Oh, I didn't know that. I hadn't. I didn't she know that. I didn't either. Yeah. 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 She was dragged across her bed, and that's when it all began. Now, I don't know what age that uh, I was when that happened. I must have been three or four. But you I were little. Yeah. yeah, I was little. Now, the Bible talks about familiar spirits that imitate people. Uh, it's in the, it's in the uh, book of Samuel when uh, Saul was sought for a wit at Endor that had familiar spirits. So they imitate people. And mm -hmm. she called up, she, he tried to uh, call up Samuel, and this uh, demonic spirit, which is a familiar spirit, was imitating Samuel. Anyway, a long oh. story. Is, Detail uh, I, I didn't know. Yes, I walked to the top of the steps, looked into you and Nancy's room, and what appeared before me was an apparition 
building up from sandals, blue and red. It was, it was, we had a picture of Jesus and it was, it was coming into view where I was looking at it with my natural eyes and I saw it feet walking towards me, blue and red. And that wasn't Jesus because this is just the demon spirit that was trying to imitate this picture. I saw it walking towards me and I didn't wait for it to get above the knees. I took off running down the steps. <laughs> now, now that part though, that happened after the hurricane. So um, I'm going to take us back and we'll go back to that so that we know the events leading up to the the hurricane, I think, you know. So um, so after the spirit came out, it tormented our mom. Can we all agree on that, that it was tormenting her? Of course, we didn't understand at the time. Right. It was something I mean, she told the memory us. that I have is mom was you know, I would have memories of her being in the kitchen cooking and listening to the rosary on the radio all the time or, or you know, mm-hmm. some uh, Christian channel. And, you know, I with prayers, you know, prayers being said constantly. And yeah, she know, was just, losing weight. I didn't really know what to think of that. Well, she was, she was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, well, no, no, no. She, no, she we didn't know. We didn't know. They don't teach yeah. that in that denomination that we were, we were raised no. in. She, yeah. All she knew was the rosary. And uh, I used to even sleep with the rosary around around my uh, neck, slept with the Bible. It didn't work because uh, I didn't know about the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, right. you know, obviously, demons took, I didn't know what a demon was at the time, and they take advantage of that. So, so this particular uh, demon that came out of, of the board, um, it, it kind of moved on to me next. And I remember my sister Nancy and I shared a room and our beds were kind of in an L shape, you know, and um, uh, it was, we were sound asleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night because uh, I felt something jumping on the end of my bed. And at first I thought, oh, it's my sister playing a trick on me. So I I turned my light on over my bed and I looked and I could see my sister sound asleep, but the end of my mattress was jumping up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was, I was terrified. I was petrified. I couldn't move. My mouth was open. I, I couldn't say a word and I couldn't move. And then finally, Finally, I, I, you know, I screamed and mom ran in the room and it stopped as soon as she came in the room and she, she told me I probably had a bad dream, but I didn't have a bad dream and, and I knew it. And I think she wanted to believe that it was just a bad dream that because she had gone around the house with um, candles and said prayers, because I think she had asked um, uh, a priest what to do and they told her to do that and she thought it was it was gone but it wasn't and then i'm gonna i'm gonna uh take it up where it left off with me um the spirit moved on to torment you joey and here's where you can tell your story well yeah i had the room down the hall almost like a horror film uh it lived in my well, room this was after the hurricane but this was after the hurricane yeah. our house was decimated and our parents built a second story and you're your room was down a long hallway by itself. Correct. That's okay. correct. And uh, my room, you can never be comfortable in it. I mean, I would, I didn't know anything about demons. I was young enough to realize that it was something insidious and evil. I'd sit up in the bed all night long. And you, you imagine somebody in the room, you can feel them staring at you. Uh, mm. One of the things that you used to kid with me as a kid, I would jump out of bed in the middle of the night in terror and take off running down a hall and dive into mom and dad's bed 
Uh, I remember one night it, I, I did that, and above the bed, I kept hearing, give me your soul, give me your soul, give me your soul. It was a demon spirit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so this this went on for, for, for quite a while. I mean, I would be pushed down in my bed. Uh, none of my friends liked my room, obviously. It was creepy. Uh, you know, it, there was it, it was always, uh, if you were home alone, I wanted to go outside in the yard and play with the dog and not go in a house because I could just feel this thing following me, following me, staring at me. When I would try to right. pray, I'd hail Mary full of and I'd hear a curse word because I was mm-hmm. Catholic, so that's how mm-hmm. I prayed. So I did, I did go to a priest because I went to a Catholic school, and I talked to him, and, he, and I said, look, I don't understand this. He said, Son, your mind plays tricks on you. I said, this is not my mind. This is real. This is this is evil, and I don't understand it. And I figured it was in the house because it was associated with something. I, I remember we had a, had a rock or a stone, and in my ignorance, I was trying to get rid of things. I thought maybe that was allowing it to be there, but it was it was always ever-present. I slept in your room uh, thinking I would sleep in your room one night, and I forget if it was Linda or Nancy. It was your bed. I don't remember, but I slept in one of the beds. And uh, thinking I would be okay sleeping there. But I woke up in the middle of the night. My left knee was lifted in the air. My right leg was extended. Uh, and this was a being, a man, it was a demon spirit imitating a man, white as white could get, had his uh, left hand on my knee. And when I awoke, his mouth dropped, his eyes opened wide, and robotically turned around, walked out of the room, and, and robotically turned towards my room down the hall towards my room. I saw it. See, I, I didn't, so, I wasn't aware of that story. Wow. Well, Nancy, one memory I have is, is, you know, I could, I was always the sleeper, I guess, you know, the, the kid that was content and could sleep through things. I mean, I slept through Linda's experience and then um, I slept through Hurricane Betsy with my grandmother. But yeah, I, I remember you running through the hallways many times and we would just make in being older siblings and stuff, we'd make fun of you, which I feel bad about now. Sorry, we're sorry about that. And stuff like that. Yeah. But that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't you couldn't um, spend the night in your own room. And so one night I decided that I would try and sleep in your room to show you know, just to show you, hey, it's okay. But, you know, even I could not stay the whole night in your room because there was something I couldn't put my finger on it, but there was just something that was was different. You know that you just had an uneasiness, like almost the, the hairs in the back of your neck would almost you know just be on alert, just rise up. So um, I didn't, I, I was not able to sleep in your room, and this is coming from someone that could sleep through a hurricane. So something was definitely different. Well, I was, it was a different feeling. I was, well, I would sit up all night long sometimes in a room with a light on, just sitting there. And I used to say, I'm going to get you one day. I don't know who you are or what you are, but I am going to get you one day. And I would sit there waiting, and it would just sit there insidiously watching me. And I didn't see it physically, other than a few times I told you about, but uh, it was ever-present, always there. Uh, you know, and, and the way demons uh, communicate is they try to speak to your mind. So it was always trying to speak to my mind, you know, telling me, mm-hmm. if you do this, your mom's going to die. If you do that, you said, you know, just one thing after mm-hmm. another. It's always, always crazy stuff. It's ridiculous stuff. It's crazy you know? stuff, not, not knowing how to deal with it. As a matter of fact, one time the cat was locked in the neighbor's shed and I was looking for it and, and 
this wasn't God. That that demon spirit said the cat's locked in a neighbor's shed, and it turned out it was. This was uh, so it was it was very real and it was ever present and there in the house. And uh, you know, like I said, I grew up being pushed down into bed. Uh, no matter where I slept in the house, when I was home alone, I'd sit there at the kitchen table and you could feel it on the steps, just staring at you. Uh, once well, we, it took a toll on you physically too, didn't it? Because you couldn't sleep because you know you I were you lost a lot of weight and you were you had circles under your eyes. Yeah, I didn't sleep well. My friends didn't like my house. They come over to play. They didn't like my room. Obviously, one time I took a slingshot <laughs> uh, with a ball bearing and I and not knowing how to fight spiritually, I shot it at the closet. It hit the closet. Normally, a ricochet would hit it and bounce back. It hit it. Wait a second. Then it shot back at me right at my forehead, and I ducked. And uh, and my friend witnessed it as well. And, of course, he was afraid. Um, another time, we were out playing in the front yard. He said there was a lady in my window. So it, it wasn't mm -hmm. mom. Nobody was home. And he saw a lady in the window. So that was a familiar spirit. It might have been more than one, uh, you know, imitating a person as well. So it was, it right. was always said moving up. It was, you know, I never wanted to be in in, in that in the house, basically. Uh, much I could be away from home, it was good for me to be out of that situation. But especially, especially your room, though, because um, during the day, uh, we could hear noises coming from your room. And that, that was really creepy. And nobody wanted to go up and check it out, either. We no, just I, kept your door I closed. Skipped, well, I had skipped school one day in high school, and I slept in a downstairs room, which would have been mom and dad's old bedroom. And while I was sleeping there... It, it was like a black sheet came over me, and I was just pushed down in the bed. I mean, it, it was just like black and night came over me and shoved me. I, I, it almost felt like uh, like I was below the bed. I don't know how to explain it, but it would just push me down. Mm. And mm. Uh, I don't remember how long it lasts. And I, I came came out of that, uh, you know, and I and I knew, you know, it, it what had happened. I knew what it was. It was a demon spirit. But at the time, I didn't know it was demons. Uh, the high school I mm -hmm. had attended was uh, right next to a charismatic church at the time. And, and, you know, I knew it. I believed in the supernatural. And I remember walking out from school one day, and they said, hey, Joe. So what? He said, they're doing an exorcism at that church right next door. And I jumped in my car and took off because I don't know where that devil's going. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't fully understand. You know, I didn't understand fully uh, that, you know, yeah. um, that just jumping in the car and going, that that was going to uh, get away from it. But. Well, it's frightening. Yeah. Well, you don't know what to do. It's like you uh, you have this situation going on. I'm sure there's listeners out there who are going through similar situations and don't know where to turn or what to do. Well, I know, I know mom searched. I mean, she read, she tried to find things about it. But back then, they really didn't have, I mean, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have as many tools as you do nowadays. But but um, or people just didn't want to talk about it. But she did try her best to no. to find out how to um, combat and triumph over this. But you know, she tried her best. But I know it was a very um, difficult experience for her too. One that she really never shared with me. Um, I never really asked her. It seems like you guys, you know, asked her more questions. Oh but yeah. When I, I got was very affected. Well, when I got born again, true to my word. Uh, I remember going back to the house now, and I, I the church I started attending explained to me this was demons, and of course now I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So I went back to the house, and uh, after a period of time, 
I had went up in the room and closed the door, and I began praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. And uh, the, the demon spirits were, I knew they were still there. I closed the door. I said, I told you I'd be back. And I was praying, but they were still there. <laughs> but it wasn't no. until, it wasn't until, if you remember, I think, Linda, you had slept over the house one night, and you told me uh, that, avo- that, it, that you heard Linda, Linda, uh, spoken over you in the night. And uh, when you mm-hmm. told me that, I got mad at the devil. And I remember I went upstairs and I began by the Holy Spirit calling out all types of demons and cast them out. Then I said, Holy Spirit, show me, show me, Holy Spirit, why they're here. And this was what really amazed me. I found piles of books on the occult, piles of books on many things. But the one that amazed me was a pink book written by a Satanist in my room. And I'm wondering how in the world did this get in my room? I actually presented it to mom and said, where did this book come from? She said, I don't know. I've never seen it before. And I literally well, I, no, she, I remember that book from when I was a, a child that it was in our with our bookshelf. And I think it was given to her by someone who came to the door, you know, and um, and it was in our bookshelf. And I remember looking at it because I was a voracious reader and I tried to read everything <laughs> in the bookshelf. And I, I didn't know what that was. But yeah, that's I, the book. I, I don't know how it wound up in your. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, that's not the only, you know, since that time, and, and, I, and I cast out those spirits, and demons claim a legal right to be in a house where there's something from their kingdom. Like, for instance, I was by a friend's house, and we were fellowshipping, and all of a sudden, uh, I, got, I got caught up in the spirit, and I asked him, I said, has there been sickness in your house? He said, yes. And I said, this is your house, and I said, I know you're a man of God. May I have permission to go around room to room and pray over your house? He said, yes. So we began praying over the different rooms, and I got to one room, and I, and I stopped. I said, the problem's here. You have oppression in this room. And so I said, what is going on with this room? He said, well, I'm holding all my sister-in-law's stuff in this room. So I walked in the room, mm-hmm. and I said, hold me what it is. And I put my hand in a pile of, uh, of uh, uh, material, and I pulled out one of Anne Rice's books on Interview with a Vampire, number one. And I pulled out mm-hmm. another book. It was an Anne Rice book. And so I took them out in the front of the house. And again, this is going to sound radical, but this is what I did. I burned them right in the front of the house, prayed over the house, all the oppression, sickness, everything left. And, and this was by the Holy wow. Spirit that he showed me what it was. This has happened so many times where an, another time we were fellowshipping by a friend's house, a bunch of guys, and all of a sudden they got caught up in the spirit. And I said, one of you being oppressed, and the Lord showed me who it was. It was the guy that owned the house, and I went to pray for him. Then what happened is that there was a demon speaking. You wouldn't have heard this in the natural, but through the discerning of spirits, the demon said, I have a right to be here. There's videotapes in this house that allow me to be here. I said, devil, I'm commanding you to go. I command you to leave this house. He said, but I have a right to be here. I said, I'm commanding you to go. He left, and then I told him, I said, you have videotapes. You know what they are. Obviously, it was some type of pornography. I said, you've got to get rid of them. If you don't get rid of them, he's coming back. You've got to get rid of them. He's got a legal right to oppress you. And demons claim a right when it's something from their kingdom that you have in their in your house, they will claim a right to be there. Pornography. Is there were certainly right. enough books in our house. There were Edgar Casey books, and you know all kinds of. Um, you know, mom was very curious about that kind of stuff because I think she had some incidents happen when she was a child, and so she was very curious concerning that, looking for answers. And there's well, lots of people now it, it, who are curious. Well, there was a, me. I, I had. I was going to say I had an incident where I was listening. I was probably in my late teens, and I was listening to um, uh, uh, Black Heart in its title. 
I was home alone, and the title of the song that was playing at the time was Hell is for Children. And all of a sudden, you know, that's on, and all of a sudden, the lights, the whole lights in the whole house go off, and I'm completely in darkness. And I was scared, you know, and I I was mm. found my way through the hall to mom, you know, mom and dad's room to the telephone. And I remember calling up, just, you know, calling Linda. I think I called you, Linda, at work. And then I called yeah. mom because she was wor- at work and a late. A late and you were gone too, Joey. And I was, <laughs> I, I was so scared being there by myself. And after that, I mean, I got rid of, I got rid of it. I mean, I don't remember exactly what I did, but it was gone. Never listened well, to being, it again after that. Being in the house alone was one thing, but being in that house alone with the lights off, that was that was even worse. That was just well, horrible. And it's normally, you know, you don't have to be scared of the darkness, but there was this, because of connecting it with that, what was I was playing, what I was feeding my spirit was not good. So I immediately, I think I just, I got rid of it all. It was just like, I didn't, no one had to tell me to get rid of it because it was like, it was gone after that. Well, you know, I remember uh, one of the houses, we got called to a house because uh, this family was seeing an apparition in the hallway. And I was a new believer. And so, you know, when I got to the house, they went off into the back room to pray. And I remember saying, well, I'm not going to miss any of the action. So I walked in the back where where they were having problems, and all of a sudden, through my legs, it looked like a white serpent went right through my legs. And so I went back oh. to the lady and that owned the house. I said, "Does your child like snakes?" She said, "Yes." I said, "There's a there's a demon spirit, like a serpent, ministering to your child." And uh, we began to pray over the house, and the house was filled with they had all type of Halloween stuff. Demons love that kind of stuff, and I give you I give you the Bible for that. If you remember, the man from Gadara liked to live in the graveyards and liked to cut himself with stones. So that's self-destructive behavior and symbols of death. They love symbols of death. So we, we literally clean, helped clean out the house. They had Mardi Gras stuff. Listen, Mardi Gras, there's a lot of false gods involved in Mardi Gras. They claim a right to be there, too. We cleaned out all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, we cast out all the devils. And when she was baptized at the church, the pastor had no knowledge of what we had done at the time. At the time, I wasn't pastoring. And he began to prophesy over her life, and he described how God had cleansed her house and done all these things, but he didn't know about it. He had no idea wow. what, what was happening. So we were all amazed that here he, we know we heard from the Lord because there was no knowledge of what had happened with this lady. God cleansed her house from all those uh, demonic presences that we cast out, and they were delivered. Well, wow. Now, now we're going to go on and we're going to get back into the story in a second, but I just want to invite our listeners, if you have questions, call in at 516-453-5123. Again, call in and ask your questions. My chat room is not working today. We have technical issues with it, but it's 516-453-5123. Call in with your questions. Well, well Joey, you know, when you brought up the that before about how you went and and um, destroyed those books and stuff and, you know, portals, I guess, that were strongholds. Um, I was reading, I was reading in second Kings um, the other day about King Josiah, how he cleans the, um, you know, the temple, you know, and how he basically, it says that he basically, um, you know, would burn things into and grind them into ashes. You know, the things that were idols and the things that were the high places, uh, different, the high places serving different gods. They basically pummeled them, you know, so they were nothing. And just, well, that, that clean, is, you know, clean. 
that is so important that you, people do that. Uh, I know, I know we're talking about the story growing up, but t- kind of tying into that, uh, you know, our grandfather is, was an atheist and didn't believe in the Lord. And uh, two years before Hurricane Katrina, I had a dream. And in the dream, I, I was in his house. Now, nobody was living in the house at the time, standing at the bottom of the steps, speaking against a demonic spirit, and running and come running down from the steps, six foot tall, was a figure with a monkey face. And it, it literally ran out the wall uh, of the house. And I woke up, and I, I told my wife, I said, that was the creepiest dream I ever had. I, th- I said, I think I just saw a spirit of evolution. Uh, a demon spirit behind that uh, that thought. And uh, what happened was no one could have predicted this. And, and if Jesus would have appeared to me and told me this, it would have been hard to even fathom that I would literally move into that house after Hurricane Katrina. Literally. Because Grandpa had house, died in 1990s, you know, and Grandma yeah, too. Was, so the house was empty. Abandoned. And so yeah. one of the things I'm sharing is the reason I had no place else to move but that house, living in a trailer across the street, by my uncle Joe's house after the hurricane, and I, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to move into this Creepville house. I didn't, even, and I got the Holy Ghost. I didn't even like to open the door to put luggage in there. So I literally put my hands by my side like the old West, like a sheriff. In the middle of the night, I said, "Devil," said one of us has got to go, and I got to move in. You going in Jesus' name? So middle of the night, I walked into the house and I began praying over all of the rooms of the house. The power wasn't on yet, so it was pitch black. The hair was standing up. As I went to this house, and I was so glad to walk out of the house. So the next night they got power on, and I, I, I turned on all the lights. I went in the house, and I was praying again, and the same experience. And on the mantelpiece there was a a big statue of a monkey reading newspaper, and the Holy Spirit said, "Get rid of that." I said, "Okay." So uh, I got it, and the house was a three level house. So I went down to the lower level to get rid of this little statue. I guess it was about eight inches high. And as I said, devil, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. And I put my hand in the door. The door suddenly split as if it was hit. It split two inches off of the hinges from top to the bottom, like an explosion. Boom. As I was casting the devil out, I I put this family heirloom outside uh, but I didn't destroy it yet, and I still felt that presence. And then the next day, when I, with my bobcat, I literally crushed it and destroyed it. Prayed over that house, so I had to cast those spirits out of the house that were there, present in that house when we moved in. We got rid of the devil. So this is something that can happen, not just in our house, any place where there are objects, uh, uh, where things happen that allow the devil a right to be there, he's going to be there. That's that's so such a good point, because you, know, you can either invite those demons into a house somewhere because that we didn't have them in our house before or you can move into a house that has demons already there when you move in and yeah. and so what do people do what can they do what are the steps well, they can take well number one the first step is only through jesus christ we have authority over demonic spirits through the lord jesus christ and we have to have knowledge my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge the bible says matter of fact there's a story in Second Chronicles, that uh, a foreign king had taken over uh, one of the lands of Judah in Israel, and what happened was lions, lions began uh, devouring the people of the land. So the wise king that had taken over the land said, "Send in a Jewish priest to uh, teach the people the ways of the God of the land to stop the lying lion from destroying the people." 
So here's a picture. Satan comes as a roaring lion, and it's the teaching of the Word of God that gives us knowledge to understand how to overcome the enemy. But again, the first step is giving your life to Jesus Christ and being born again through the blood of the Lamb, where God gives us authority and power over the enemy. The Bible says we'll tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Uh, and so we have authority over the devil as a believer in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says not to give place to the devil. And I'm not, that might be time for a whole other message, but over the years, literally, yes. we've cast out, and I don't want to put a number on it, maybe thousands of, of demonic spirits. And I've, I've you know, had a lot of experience now in dealing with them, but nobody had to convince me of the supernatural. I had already experienced that and had seen the, the evil side of it. It started well, you when know, you but were a child, sometimes, yeah. But sometimes God takes... Oh, or, you know, what is meant for evil, God uses it. And apparently that's what's happened with you, too, because now you you know, like you're very sensitive to people that are going through things like that, you know, experiences. You you um, you believe them, you know. A lot of times people don't, they don't even validate it. They just kind of roll their eyes and people don't want to talk about it. But, you know, you're able to kind of, Go in there and just say, yeah, I understand. You know, it is true. We live in a now, spirit well, you, world. You know, it wasn't. Uh, now, here's another thing. Now, you did go into the house and you did, you know, into into your room in particular, Joey, and and um, cast them out. But, you know, they didn't all leave. And and because you didn't own the house, the house, you know, our our well, father had. Yeah, that you have to be the owner of the asked, house, and our parents owned it. I asked permission. I, I, matter of fact, before I got rid of any books, I went to mom and I said, uh, I'm, this is your house. Do, do I have permission to, to cast the devils out in your house? Because if, if the person wants to keep things that allow them to be there, you're just wasting your time casting them out. They can come right back. Now, I did, I did cast them out then, but uh, I know that mom, not fully knowing and understanding, it was sometime uh, before Katrina – she walked back into my room, and the light uh, got really bright and then went dim again. And she said, because Dad had passed away in 2004. So she said, Dad, she said, Joe, is that you? Blinked the light twice, and the light went warm, warm twice. So they did come back. Yeah. After. Yeah. Mom didn't yeah, and that's, that's the point. You, yeah, you can, I mean, it, it you know, you can invite it back just by talking, yep. you know, just by, you know, kind of calling it back like that. Cause some other things did happen. And I can remember, I guess I was maybe 22 and um, I, I was out of the house and, and I remember I'd come back for like a Sunday dinner and I, I was sewing some cafe curtains. And so I, um, I knew there was a bolt of material I wanted to use. Your room by then was storage. Cause you were, you had moved out. I think uh, we were all out. We just would come home for a visit. And um, so I remember going in there and the room was sealed off. It was summer, like July or something. And and we had even closed the vent so we didn't waste air conditioning in there because nobody ever went in there. And so I went in looking for this bolt of material and I found it and I was standing there and all of a sudden an icy wind went through my body. And I dropped that thing and I just ran. I mean, that was that was pretty uh, terrifying because I knew whatever it was was still there. You know? Yeah, and yeah. We got to keep it clean. Yeah, yeah. And um, but you know, yeah, you do have to keep you know. And there were still things, as it turned out, there were still things in the house. There were a lot of things, a lot of things that were still in there. 
And uh, and you have to be willing, like you have to repent and say, I don't want anything to do with any of this. Well, you know, sometimes things happen. The devil doesn't play by by uh, any particular rules. Like as growing up, my my daughter, you know, of course I taught my kids and put them in Christian school. One day I'm, I'm looking in the mirror of my house and all of a sudden I saw a witch in a mirror, about a six foot tall witch. And I went, a witch? What in the world am I seeing? And so I, I thought, who brought something in my house? So I began going around the house praying, and the Lord led me to the kitchen to my daughter's book sack. And she had got a book from the library. It was a book about a witch called Morbida Destiny, Morbid Destiny. And uh, mm. I found the, the book, and of course we got rid of the book, but God alerted me to it, and I literally saw a witch in the mirror. And another time, uh, of course I cast it out, I was, had moved to another house, totally different house, and uh, I'm walking through the front room, and all of a sudden, I saw death. Death. Now, you know, you see something like that, you get really concerned. Like, what in the world's going on? So I saw death. Uh, and I thought again. And I thought, Lord, what am I seeing here? What's going on? So as I began to pray in the Spirit, the Lord led me to my garage. And I found a board game my sister-in-law had given to my wife, and she didn't realize it, that it was storing for her in my garage. And it was, it was a demonic board game about death. So, of course, I took it in front of the house and burned it, destroyed it, and threw it in the trash. And I called my sister-in-law and said, guess what happened? She said, what? I said, you just got delivered. <laughs> I got rid of it. But, but that, those demons don't play <laughs> claiming a right to be there. And I, I didn't bring that in my house. We were just storing something for somebody. So, Well, okay, people which do people do? If, if someone well, has a Ouija one. board in their house, what should they do? Number one, first thing you should do, the very first thing is to give your life to Jesus Christ. By The Bible says in Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, if you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, the Bible says in the book of Acts, when they received Christ, they got, they got rid of all their magic uh, books and literature. The, those that practiced divination, magic arts, the book of Acts, they got rid of all that stuff and they burned them and destroyed it. So you can't keep these objects. Missionaries have found going to other nations. They'll bring home uh, objects from other nations that have voodoo curses on it, and they're experiencing the oppression because the devil doesn't play fair. He doesn't play by any rules. He claims a legal right uh, when he's got a chance to oppress. As a matter of fact, the word adversary in the New Testament means this, one who brings a lawsuit. The word adversary mm -hmm. means one who brings a lawsuit. So they mm -hmm. claim a legal right to oppress. So just because you say, well, well, I'm a believer, yes, I believe you have authority, but if you take something from their kingdom and you bring it in their home, they're going to come and attach to that object. They attach, attach to objects, people, places, and things. As a matter of fact, Jesus cast out the, the demons from Gadara, and they ran into the pigs, and the pigs ran down and, and were destroyed in the sea. They want, to, they want to inhabit a body. They prefer a human, but they'll go in an animal just as well. Well, well now here's a question. Um, now, so many people have lost loved ones, and they're just devastated, and they they want to hear from them. They, they want to, you know, they want to hear that voice that they loved or, or see that face or whatever. So a lot of times they turn to things like Ouija boards or they have, they, you know, talk to their loved one or whatever, uh, even go to their, their grave site and talk to them. Um, and, but, but we should resist this. You know, because well, God is, what God, God can invite them to. Oh yeah, God. It's called necromancy, which a medium. It was popularized, popularized in the movie Ghost, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg as a medium, uh, contacting uh, spirits. You know, and and so 
this is something that dates all the way back, uh, I mean, thousands of years, uh, spirit mediums, we call them a witch, but what they're doing is they're contacting familiar spirits that are familiar with the person, the person that died. The Bible says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord as a believer, or there's, there's no intermediary state. You're either in heaven or in hell. It's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this is judgment. So a person who's not saved, their spirit is in a, in a place called hell. And they're there, once you're there, you're, you're there for eternity. Now, when a person is a Christian, they, they're going to die, and their spirit's going to go to heaven. And so you're not to try to seek to contact them once they're gone. They're in heaven or they're in hell. So what happens is these demon spirits remember their lives, and that's exactly what these uh, mediums, will, uh, uh, you know, medium that has a demon spirit or familiar spirit, that's who they're contacting, familiar spirit. It's not all well, the Bible Satan... the bill. Spirit. Satan is such an imitator too, because we have guardian, we have a guardian angel, and I'll bet that Satan uh, uh, appoints a demon over us too, so that it can imitate us. It can, you know, it's been around us like that guardian That's angel. Most definitely, it's yeah. a familiar spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've I've had experience with with angels as well, and uh, over the years, and they're very very real. Uh, you know, and that's for another story. We'll tell, uh, talk about that another time, maybe. But, oh uh, yeah, demon spirits, these familiar spirits are familiar with everyone. Now, I will tell you, biblically, uh, there's a few instances in the Bible, biblically, where people that have gone to heaven, uh, that people have already gone to heaven, had an experience with someone that was living. Number one is Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah were appeared to him there in the Mount of Transfiguration. Another experience is in the book of Revelation, when John the Revelator was receiving his uh, vision of heaven and w things to come in the book of Revelation, he was going to bow down and worship, and the man said, no, don't do it, I'm one of your fellow servants. So here he was having an experience with someone from the, in regions of glory speaking to him. So that's not necromancy, that is a supernatural thing that happens by God. Uh, and so one other place it happened is after the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible says many righteous were raised and went in Jerusalem telling of the, the mighty things that the Lord had done. So God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So we are not to seek such experiences at all, at all. But if someone did have a vision of grandpa or something, we are to test the spirits. We're to, you know, test the spirits, rebuke that thing in Jesus' name, unless it was a, a, a situation where a person was caught up like Paul was to the third heaven had an experience like that. But what about, uh, there? there's a warning too, like if you are not a believer, and maybe you get a believer to come in your house and and cast the demons out. You know, you give them permission. Um, they're going to come right back in your house, and there's going to be more of them, right? I mean, because you don't really have authority. Well, let me tell you another way that demons come in. It's not just by objects and things. Uh, I, was, I was dealing with, and I won't mention a person's name. Uh, I was dealing with a person that had dated a stripper. And uh, her mom was involved in witchcraft and many things, and so she was a stripper. And when we began to pray with them, we found that he was possessed and she was possessed, and that the demons came from her into him because he was fornicating with her before marriage. Mm -hmm. He had ten demons from her. So I like I tell people all the time: if you if you're living an immoral lifestyle, you can get a STD, not only a sexually transmitted disease, but a spiritually transmitted disease. Those demons will mm -hmm. go from the person you're sleeping with right into you because they have a legal right to because the Bible says if you break a hedge, a serpent will bite you. They have a legal right to do it because you're in sin. And they'll go from mm -hmm. that person right into you. And so that was an experience, again, casting demons out of someone 
That's how they came in because of an immoral sexual lifestyle. But, but if you are a non-believer and you have, you know, your house is in this state, you know, and you try and cast them out, you know, because they'll, they have these TV shows where they'll go around and burning sage in all the rooms, you know, to get rid of it. And they use some kind of um, occultic person to do that, you know, like Satan casting out Satan kind of thing, you know, and, uh, but that's not going to work, is it? What, what should they do? I mean, because if they're not a believer, they how are they going to get rid of book, these? In the book of Acts, the seven sons of Sceva were trying to cast out devils. They said, uh, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, and one of the, the man possessed with the devil said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? And jumped on the man and beat him up, and they, they ran out the house naked. So if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you, you really don't have authority over them. And uh, if you get someone to come just pray over your house, but you continue living in sin, they might come back seven times worse. So the only way to keep mm -hmm. a house clean is uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ. The particular story I told you about of casting devils out of this couple, the demons in the man screamed out. And he said, they said, Joey, we're going to get you. And they were screaming and he was, you know, contorting and everything. And at the time, I just started laughing. Everybody said, what are you laughing at? I said, well, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. And Brother Joey, I know. Glory to God. So I commanded that devil to come out. They recognized <laughs> as a matter of fact, recently, Recently, in the city of New Orleans, I was doing a, doing a job in the middle of the city, and uh, this man walks up to me and began screaming at me, cursing me, saying all kind of things. And I was really tired, and I, I just said, sir, have a nice day. Sir, have a nice day. And then he said something. I didn't realize it until later because I was so tired at the time. He was screaming, I built this city. This is my city. This is my city. I built this city. And I realized what had happened. The demon spirits in that man recognized who I was in Christ and began to come up to me and scream out at me, just like they did in Jesus. I know who you are, the, you know, when Jesus was in the temple. I was confronted by this man. It was a demon spirits in him recognizing who I was and declaring to me that this was his city. I built this city. So, mm. you know, they recognize who we mm. are in the spirit. So if, right. if a person one is not saved, the only way you're going to keep your house clean is give your life to Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to stay free, the, the Bible talks about, uh, you know, cleansing the house, and if you don't fill it, it's going to come back seven times worse. A good, a good example of this is as a, a nation, we got rid of Sudan Hussein, who was an evil dictator, but now look what we got. We didn't fill the land, so we have ISIS seven times worse. So that happens in the life of a person uh, or a, a place, nation, if we don't fill the land. So in other words, we've got to be full of Jesus to, to keep our deliverance, because if, if we don't walk with Jesus, the enemy's going to come right back. Now, now here's up. another question. Now, uh, someone who's, um, now let's say someone, if you're a Christian, you want to go and, you know, cast these demons out. Um, some people will g probably go into that and not really prepare, you know, like uh, I, I remember one time, because it can, things can get, things can get dangerous. I mean, you, you can't think of the devil as some little tiny thing you're fighting. You know, it, it, he is powerful, you know, and you're, you, really you know, of course, we have the victory in, in Christ. But my question, I, I, I'll have a comment and then I want you to answer it. But um, I remember one time I was praying for this couple that was into the occult and I prayed all day. I interceded all day because I really needed to hear an answer. And I remember I went to um, a Bible study that night and I was walking out from church in the in the dark parking lot and my phone rang, my cell phone rang once, just once. 
And I looked down at it and it said 666. And, and of course I freaked, I'm not going to lie. I freaked out, you know, but I, yeah. I knew in retrospect that my prayers had an impact, you know, and, you know, got the devil mad. But so, so go on and, and explain how, how a Christian should prepare for battle. Well, the, the Bible talks about praying and fasting, okay? There are three things you have to do. Uh, I'll tell you a story. And once I asked God about the power of prayer, I said, God, show me the power of prayer. Now, this is before uh, Trish and I had been married, and I was in the home alone. I, I was having a dream, and in a dream, uh, I remember I, I was in my room, and there was a thief in my house, and I ran to the front door, and there were three locks, but the locks were all open. Then all of a sudden, there was a thief, and I was wrestling on the ground with the thief. In a dream, all of a sudden, I wake up from the dream, and there's a demon in the room. That's who I'm wrestling with. There's a demon on, on, you know, there in the room, on the bed. So I jump up, and I start praying in the Holy Ghost. This is the middle of the night. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And the devil was, he, he didn't just, like, run out the room. He's still, you know, doing all this, saying all the things he's saying, cursing me out, saying this stuff. So I began praying in the Holy Ghost and walking around, and all while, the demon's still there. So I'm praying, 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 praying and praying in tongues, saying, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And, and he didn't just immediately go. So I kept praying. And finally, I said, in the name of Jesus, it seemed like a battle. I said, get out. And he goes out, to, he, he goes through the uh, wall and out the house. And I said, God, I cried out to God. I said, God, what in the world just happened? Now, this is like three or four o'clock in the morning now. I've been praying for a while, an hour or two. I said, God, what just happened? He said, you asked, to, you asked me to show you the power of prayer. And then, then he mm. revealed to me the dream. The three locks, what are mm -hmm. they? Prayer, fasting, and the Word of God. If we neglect prayer, we neglect fasting, we neglect the Word of God, we're leaving the door open to the enemy, number one. Okay, that's the number one. And the next thing he showed me was this. In Matthew, Jesus had given the authority to, uh, to his disciples, the twelve apostles of the Lamb, to go out of cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. They came upon a paralytic a few chapters after that where they couldn't heal the man. And Jesus said, how long must I suffer you? And what the Lord showed me was this. They were resting on their laurels. They were resting on their laurels of what God had told them to do, and they, they didn't have power. And he said, this kind doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. So the Lord was showing me, you can't rest on your laurels. What you did yesterday, you prayed, you fasted, you sought me yesterday. Today you've got to be in the Word. Today you've got to be prayed up every day. You can't rest on your laurels. And, and that's what the disciples were doing, and that's why they couldn't cast that devil out. And he was showing me the power of prayer. Because Jesus went and from before one place you... of prayer another place of yes. prayer. And before you undertake that, you uh, prayer is the preparation. But I'm not so, not just some simple little 30-second prayer. You're talking mm -hmm. about uh, fasting and praying and and really preparing to do this because you know, you you are fighting something big and but you need to know who you are in Christ when you do it. Right, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We've got the greater one in us. But, but again, when we're talking spiritual warfare, we don't go out looking for devils, but we stay in our purpose. And I'll give you, for instance, I just shared with my church just recently, uh, I, I was passing a fortune-telling place every day, and I, I began to say, I command that spirit of divination. I'm buying that spirit and attacking it. And right after that, I had a dream. In a dream, uh, I'm on like a very large golf course. And across the golf course, I saw a huge alligator scurrying across. The alligators represent ancient curses and demons. The Bible calls him Leviathan. And uh, then I saw a large 
python-type spirit, which that's the spirit of divination, by the way, python spirit, uh, a green snake, very large, very thick, slithering and moving as if it was going to pass me by, coming my way, but going to pass me by. And in a dream, I had, a, for whatever reason, I had a box in my hand. It was a dream. But I shoved it in the face of the snake, and the snake reared up. It was about 10 feet in there with long fangs. And in my dream, I looked up and said, oh, I'm in trouble. In other words, what God was showing me, I didn't tell you to pick a fight. Only deal with the devils that come across the path. Don't go looking for a fight. Don't go looking for devils. Don't go pick a fight. That's what the dream was about, which God was correcting me. Mm -hmm. Just because we have authority over demons and devils, we don't go and just look to pick a fight. But when the devil gets in our way, we cast him out, we drive him out, and we have authority to do that. Because and the ones because that come against you. you. Correct. Yeah, the ones that oppose ones you. Yeah. Right. I get that. And, and yeah. You know, and if we only do, we need to do what Jesus did. He said, I only do what I see my father do. So we, we do what we what God has commanded us to do. Uh, again, you know, when we're dealing with the demonic uh, and dealing with devils, yes, there, there are many demons, many types of demons, many different levels of demons. But as we go on in the ministry and as they get in the way of our purpose, in setting someone free, we cast them out. We deal with the devil, spirits of fear, uh, many, many different types of spirits. We deal with them. Okay, so uh, I want, um, we're running out of time, so I, Nancy, I wanted to get your final thoughts on uh, on all this and, um, you know, whatever you'd like to say um, about this experience and how it changed your life. Well, for me, it's something really I never talked about. I mean, I became a born-again Christian, too, after uh, the last one, I guess, of, you know, first Joey, and then Joey uh, would, you know, preach to his family. Then you, you came along as a Christian, and I was the last one. Because I saw the changes that happened in both of your lives, how God drastically changed, changed you. I mean, we're all, we were all good people, but I just started seeing the fruits of the Spirit. I just started seeing the joy, the happiness that was, has taken place in your, in your lives and how changed you, had, you, you guys both had become. So I, there was something about that that I wanted. And, you know, eventually, you know, I surrendered my life to the Lord. And, you know, I didn't really talk about experiences of my childhood um, because partly I just don't remember them all either. You know, I, apparently I just did more sleeping and not really being affected as much <laughs> as maybe y'all. But I did see the effects of it. And I just didn't understand it until much later. And, you know, I guess the, the main thing is just knowing that, that – um, we have the victory in Christ over this. The the blood of Jesus, you know, is because you had tried anything. to prove a point, didn't you? You tried to sleep in Joey's room one night and you couldn't. You wanted to prove to right. him that it was all in his head, and and you couldn't. And it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't. So I think you know, you just you know, I'm I've always been the one that kind of watches things and kind of lays back and just you know more more behind the scenes and. You know, I've seen the fruit, you know, in your in your lives, and that, and and now my life too. And I just, you know, I wanted, I wanted that, and I didn't know at the time that that was that was Christ, you know. But and Christ comes in and changes our hearts and changes everything, and empowers. As, us. And you know, don't have to be. And it's true, as a slave. as good as you think you are, you know, without Christ, good without God is just a zero. <laughs> you know, take that out, and it's just an empty circle, and um. But we were filled. So, yeah, and that's I think good. It, and I think it just 
changed our family. You know, we, we're on a different trajectory mm-hmm. now. You know, we're we're all yes. living for Christ, and you know, we have other family members and friends that are that we're we're hoping to take along the way. You know, with us, and you know, we just um, it's changed our lives. And so, what what Satan meant for evil has been turned around for God's glory. Okay, that's awesome. And now, Joey, I want to. Oh, okay. I want to hear your final thoughts too. Okay. Well, there's a lot that we just covered in, in one session. Uh, if they want some materials absolutely free, they can go to our website, www.brideadornchurch.org, or they can, if they have an uh, Apple phone or an Android, they can look for our app. It's BAC Church, at BAC Church, and we have a lot of teachings out there on can a Christian have a demon Very uh, uh, that will take you through the Word of God to show you uh, deliverance. We have uh, a lot of different teachings on should a Christian celebrate Halloween and different things of this nature. It's all absolutely free. They can uh, watch the, the video, get the information, and uh, just give them some resources if they want some more information on it. So you heard that, listeners. It's uh, a brideadornedchurch.org, and I will post that link on my Facebook page for those who are listening there, and um, and you can get the answers you're looking for. You know, there he's got a lot of lessons on there that'll really help you. And um, so let let's have your final thoughts um, before we go, Joey. Okay. You know, if you had I'm forward to this, with the devil meant for evil, God means for good. Through Jesus Christ, he turned it all around. And uh, the whole family was saved, uh, washed in the blood of the Lamb. So, uh, like I said, with the devil meant for evil. And we all make mistakes. We all do things ignorantly. But, you know, we come to Christ, and, man, God turns it all around for good. And he has blessed our family. The whole family saved. Uh, uh, you know, uh, our, our children raised as Christians. I mean, what a blessing that is. So Jesus Christ turned it all around. That's the final thought, man. He is... He is everything. He is the joy, the peace, the love. Knowing Jesus is better than anything. He is our focus. Demons aren't our focus. Jesus is. And uh, when you've got Jesus, you've got joy and you've got life. Well, amen. And I, uh, you know, Nancy, Rooney, Joseph Pedrera, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story with the world. And this is part of our testimony. It's um, a bump in the night that we overcame with the blood of the lamb. And it's my hope that sharing it will help others to be set free from the bondage of demonic torment and that they will likewise. And to my listeners, I hope you're not totally freaked out by this. It, it really happened. It's true. And I hope it never happens to you. And, um, I'm going to ask you, Joey, to take us out in a, a short prayer because we don't have much time. If uh, you're listening to this message and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, pray this with me and pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, save me. I believe you died for me. You were buried and you rose again the third day. And I confess you now as the Lord of my life. Now, friends, if you just prayed that prayer, Jesus Christ came in, because the Bible says he'll come in when you pray that prayer. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Find a good church. Get in fellowship. Serve God. And it'll be the, the beginning of the rest of eternity with Jesus Christ. Amen. We bless you. And may the Lord be with you and yes. keep you. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for being on the show. Bye now. Well, thank you for having us. Bye-bye.